Hey there, I'm your host, Leslie Randolph. I'm a self-confidence coach for teenage girls and the self-confidence coach you wish you had as a teen. Honestly, I'm the self-confidence coach I wish I had as a teen because I know I could have saved myself and my mother a whole lot of heartache if I'd only known then what I know now. I hope to save you some of that suffering by sharing the lessons I learned late in life right here on Why Didn't They Tell Us. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, happy people. Welcome back to Why Didn't They Tell Us and our first episode of the new year. So I'm going to say happy new year. I am so happy to be back with you and to be kicking off a new year together. Um, if you if you listen to episode two, and if you haven't, you absolutely should, of A Goal Getter's Guide to Birthday Wishes, you might think that I am not a fan of resolutions. Um, but I've got to tell you, I love me some resolutions. I love me some resolutions that uh, are backed, obviously, by a plan and some strategy, a whole lot of commitment, confidence, and self-love. So I love the beginning of a new year and this idea of a blank slate, a fresh start, none of that new year, new you junk. I don't want a new you. I want you just as you are. But I do want you to be going into a new year with mindfulness and intentionality to get anything and everything you desire. And you better believe I have all the faith in the world that you can achieve that. Um, that's actually one of the things that I will be teaching in the season of self-love. I know that I have listeners all over the world, and for that I am so thankful. But if you happen to be in Highland Park and uh, are looking to kick off the new year with a whole lot of intention, confidence, commitment, and self-love, this is the group for you. It is a six-week group coaching experience. Um, and I say it's experience because no two groups are ever the same. You know, whoever joins brings their own essence and their own goals and belief systems to the group, and that creates something beautiful about it. Um, but that's kicking off January 24th at Bright Bowls in Highland Park. And you can go to coachchronicles.com slash season of love if you would uh, want to learn more about that. Or you can just email me. Uh, Leslie, the life coach at gmail.com. I'll send you all the details. So that's how I'm kicking off the year. And certainly as a life coach, I, I, I walk this walk. I talk this talk. I've got a whole lot of goals and intentions for this year. I, I kind of compartmentalize them a bit. I have my business goals and then I have my personal goals. Uh, business goals. One of them is, you know, keep momentum here. So if there is an episode that you, have in mind a topic you want me to tackle, please reach out. Um, I'm also going to just be a little bit more mindful. You'll hear about this probably in the episode as I <laughs> as I diverge on the topic that we're going to cover today. Uh, I'm going to be more mindful about my cell phone this year. And when the the big goal is that the, the phone doesn't come to dinner with me, um, that I'm putting it down in the kitchen before we go into the family room. And as part of that, obstacles and strategies that we talked about of goal setting. Um, I, I've already reached out to my kids about this. I was like, hey guys, this is something I'm going to need your support on because no doubt there will be days where I forget or I think I need my phone in there. 
And so I got buy-in from my kids to lovingly remind me like, hey, if I bring my phone to the table, I need you to to remind me. Uh, so that, that's one of the big ones. I'm also going to be aiming for more meditation and mindfulness. I am really good at managing my mind, um, you know, looking at the thoughts that I think. I'm not always great at, um, at calming my mind. And if the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day, I am wildly aware of a lot of them. So the idea of learning to calm my mind and to focus my mind and to bring that calm inside. Uh, so I have, I have a goal of meditating three times a week on their phone out of the dinner table and a few others that I will be working on. Um, you know, last week's conversation with Naomi has inspired me to be really looking and the work that I'm doing with the body positive to look at my relationship with my body and with food and how that might be an obstacle towards that ultimate goal of mine and my ultimate goal for all of you, which is self-confidence and self-love. Um, so I'm going to be doing that work as well. It's going to be a good year, my friends. But interestingly, uh, on the heels of that, today's episode is about elimination. And I, I tease that it's like an elimination diet, but if you tuned in and if you know me, it has nothing to do with what goes into your mouth. It has everything to do with what comes out of your mouth. And why is that important? Uh, today's episode is why didn't they tell us that words matter? You know, sticks and stones may break my bones. Paul Lee's. It is the words that hurt. And it's not just words that other people say. If I just said we think 60,000 thoughts a day, that is really the soundtrack of our lives, right? Is the thoughts that we think. So if we can be mindful about the thoughts we think and the words that we use, that would save us from so much unnecessary suffering and this feeling of shame or guilt or other unnecessary negative emotions that come from the words we use. So today's episode is going to focus on words matter. And even the ones we don't say out loud, because the ones that we just think will impact how we feel. My coaching is rooted in the belief that your thoughts will determine how you feel. Your thinking, those sentences in your brain, are the direct indicator of how you feel. So those are the, the mindfulness and what we think and then say out loud is the greatest tool in our tool belt to live a life we love because it's not just how it makes you feel. Depending on how you feel will then determine what you do or don't do. And depending on what you do or don't do, that creates the life you live. So when I say your thoughts are your roadmap, and I say that often, your thoughts are the roadmap of your life, it's because they are going to take you anywhere you think you're going, right? So words matter. All right, here we go. So my today's episode is about elimination. And as we go into a new year, what are some of the words that we can leave behind in 2022 or just simply shift these subtle shifts of how we think and what we say 
to feel better and create better lives. Okay, so here we go. The first one that I want you to consider ditching in the new year. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Well, congrats, my friend. You are a human living on planet Earth. Listen, we're all busy. Everyone is busy. But busy is not a badge of honor. And in some circles, I think it is. We believe like busy makes us, I don't know, important. Busy is this permission slip to to not do. And I say that intentionally because I want you to check in with how you feel when you say, I'm so busy or some other shade of it. I don't have enough. I don't have time. I have so much to do. Take a moment. If this is one of yours, check in with how it makes you feel. And I'm going to tell you from my experience and also from my coaching experience, having coached a lot of people on time management, the thought, I'm so busy, usually makes you feel overwhelmed. When you feel overwhelmed, do you know what you do? Not much. (laughs) See, overwhelm is a very overwhelming emotion. So when you think I'm so busy and you feel overwhelmed, that doesn't lead you toward the action of tackling your to-do list. In fact, when you feel overwhelmed, I probably find you either procrastinating, spinning, sitting on your couch watching Netflix, or scrolling on your phone. Because when you feel overwhelmed thinking you're so busy, you probably don't want to feel that way. So instead of tackling your to-do list, you just kind of check out or you spin in that feeling of overwhelm. It is not a productive sentence. It does not add to your life, nor does it you know, fuel you to take action. Overwhelm becomes an overwhelming obstacle. And like I said, there are different shades to it. So it might not be, I'm so busy, but it might be this argument that we have with the concept of time and our to-do list. It just is. So rather than, you know, fueling that unnecessary fire of I'm so busy, I want you to consider how it would feel to say, my life is so full. Notice I'm so busy and my life are so full are saying the same thing essentially. But again, check in with your body, how it feels when you say, my life is so full. It's a totally different experience, right? Even as I made notes for today's episode and and wrote down my life is so full, it it just, it focuses your mind on what matters. (laughs) And, And the example that came to mind was like, grocery shopping. This is not like a beautiful experience in my week. I get to go grocery shopping. But when I think my life is so full, it does remind me that even when I'm grocery shopping, it's because I I have the ability to do so. Oh man, that's, (laughs) you guys, this is real life. That is my timer because my family is also going to be more mindful about screens. So Apparently, the kids are getting extra YouTube because I'm going to keep going right now. Uh, That was my timer going off. Okay, so my life is so full. Even the idea of going grocery shopping 
reminds you of the blessing that is your life versus the burden of it. I'm so busy feels like a burden, right? Oh, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. My life is so full. Reminds you of the blessing. They're the same thought with totally different flavors, right? And that flavor has you feeling so different in your body. And when you feel different, thinking I'm so busy, I'm finding you overwhelmed and on the couch. When I have you thinking my life is so full, maybe feeling grateful, you're, you're going to be doing very different things there, right? So I want you to focus on the fullness of your life rather than the burden of being busy and just see what happens. Notice it's just words. It's just words that have two totally different meetings and have you showing up totally different in this life. And as I thought about the I'm so busy, it also reminded me of, of another one to consider ditching as you get more mindful about the words you use in and the thoughts that you think. This one comes from um, Sandra Merrill of SKM Wellness. Sandra leads a uh, yoga and meditation class every Wednesday at Bright Bowls. And if you live in Highland Park, you should get on over there because it is just a beautiful experience. Um, but every every time we kick off class on the mat, she encourages us to stop saying, I need to, and to consider replacing it with, I get to, or I choose to. I love this one. Again, it reminds you of the blessing that is your life and the agency you have over your life and that you get to choose how you spend your time, talent, and energy. It is up to you. But oftentimes, we go into autopilot and are just at the effect of our lives. When we are believing we're so busy and I need to, it gives you very little agency and power over your own life. But when you're reminded that you get to, you choose to fill in the blank, go grocery shopping, whatever it might be, it reminds you that you are the creator of this life of yours. Now, I want to take a moment and, and just remind you too, that you need to do nothing, literally nothing. Okay, you need to eat, breathe, drink water and sleep to stay alive. But other than that, nada. I know clients love to challenge me on this. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I First and foremost, I am forever my first client. Even I am like, please, Leslie, I do need to grow grocery shopping. I do need to do the laundry. I do need to run my business. And then I very lovingly turn on my Leslie the Life Coach hat and remind myself, no, you don't. You don't need to feed your kids. You don't need to raise them. You don't need to do your job. Even, even though I am my own boss, even if I was working for a company, there are plenty of people out there who are not feeding their kids, raising their kids, or doing their job, even when they have a boss that is paying them a paycheck to do so. Yeah. My teenage clients, you don't need to do your homework. Now, obviously, there are consequences for the actions you do and do not take. Don't do your homework, yet you're probably going to get an F. Mom and dad are probably going to be real upset with you. Your teachers, you probably are really uh, creating some unnecessary obstacles for you later in life. Don't do the laundry? Well, 
there's going to be some obstacles when none of us have any clean clothing to wear. Don't go grocery shopping. We might get hungry. But notice, you don't need to do any of it. It is a choice and an opportunity. I get to, I choose to. Simple switch. So consider replacing your I need to's with your I get to's and I choose to's. And again, with all of these, my friends, check in with how it makes you feel when you say these things. Saying I need to, it really takes away that power and agency of which you have so much of. And you are reminded of it when you simply shift to I get to. I choose to. The next one has a double meaning, actually, and that is I can't. So I have two thoughts around I can't as we move into the new year. One is we often say I can't to things we simply don't want to do, right? We get invited somewhere or we get asked to do something and then we tell the slightest of white lies and say we can't and maybe we we layer it lovingly with some additional excuses. What if, what if this year we considered just simply saying, thank you so much, I don't want to, or this isn't a priority for me right now versus I can't. It just, you know what it does? It honors you, your wants and desires. And then at, at the end of the day, when you honor you in that way and you're very honest with what you do prioritize, it is a huge stepping stone in building a beautiful, better relationship with you. And ultimately, that's, that's all I want for me, for all of us, to be creating a beautiful relationship with self. Because when we are loving and taking care of ourselves and honoring ourselves, honestly, it, it just, it makes the world a better place because we, we are taking care of our own needs and we are examples for other people who can then take care of themselves. And I always say that ultimately when we practice self-love, our capacity for loving others gets so much greater. Now that's not the reason to do it. The reason to do it is because you are so worthy of it and deserving of that love, especially the love that you give you. But what a beautiful byproduct if we're going out there and spreading that love around the world. So instead of I can't, I don't want to, or it's not a priority for me. Just being really honest with yourself of when you use I can't. And then obviously I'm going to, I'm going to just add on as we set new goals and we try to create new things in our lives, be very mindful of when you just lean into I can't because Nine times out of 10, it's not true. What might be true is I've never done it before. I'm scared. I'm worried I might fail. But it doesn't mean I can't. If you believe you can't, then you won't achieve whatever it is that you want. But if you are willing to believe I've never done it before, maybe I can. I can choose to believe it's possible. I can choose to believe I can. Notice how those are all just a variation. I can't is a roadblock. I can't is a dead end. I can't 
has you feeling defeated, and has you stopping. I can choose to believe it's possible. It carves you a new path. And if what's on the other side of that is something you want, then my friend, create that path and make it possible. My last and my final one is a big one um, because I, I see this one. This one really was big for me. And it's one that I'm still so mindful of because it it's an unnecessary pain point when we should ourselves. So what are we eliminating in the new year? Shoulding all over ourselves. I should call her. I should want to go to the party. I shouldn't have eaten that. I should feel more grateful. I should read to my kids every night. Check in where you're shooting yourself. Those are some of mine. Where are yours? Where do you should yourself? And how does it make you feel? You know, should is a, is a tricky one, right? I can't. <laughs> if we go back. It, it instantly feels like that punch in the gut, right? I can't, so I won't, and I quit. I should. It almost, it seems well-meaning on the surface, right? And it seems really harmless. I would say it's like a very subtle suggestion of what you could be doing differently. It, it, it might even seem motivational, but it's not. It, it actually creates an emotional deficit when you tell yourself what you should or should not be thinking, saying, feeling, and doing when you're actually doing the opposite. Because every time you should yourself, First of all, you diminish where you are. If you're on the opposite, if you are acting on the opposite side of that should, then you're fighting with reality. Shoulding forces you to focus on what you did or didn't do and telling yourself why it was the wrong choice, right? I should call her, but I don't want to. Oh, well, you should. You know, some of the examples that I get from my clients, and if you look even at my goal, right, I should scroll on social media less. This is this is an area where a lot of us are shooting all over ourselves. Or I should exercise more. Well, if you aren't exercising more and you aren't scrolling less, and I'm using air quotes because also what is more, what is less, See how that diminishes where you are, right? You're like, I should be doing more of this. Well, how much more? Do we get even clear on it? How much more should I be exercising? Is it one time a week? Is it seven times a week? Is it five times a week? What is it? It's just this blanket statement that makes us feel terrible. I should exercise more. I should scroll less. How much less? Should I be scrolling an hour a day? Should I be scrolling a half an hour a day? What, what is less and what is more? If you aren't scrolling less or exercising more and you just prescribe to this blanket statement, you might be causing what I call that should shame. Should shame is that inner battle that occurs when you think you should be doing something, but you're not. And then what happens is if you're not, you then believe you are bad, wrong, or weak, whatever label you want to put on it. 
And again, it, it also implies that what you are doing isn't enough. In turn, you might start to think that you're not enough. Oh, yeah. And then there's more shame. I'm not good enough. I'm weak. Shame on shame. One reason that we experience should shame is because the should aligns with this external expectation versus our internal desire. We, we just listen to, you know, what someone else is telling us we should do. You might be thinking you should exercise more because there's societal pressure to look a certain way or there is this, this faulty standard of what is the, the holy grail of the right amount. You can ask any expert. They're all going to have a different opinion. <laughs> but I want you to ask yourself, do you really want to be exercising more, scrolling less, whatever your should is? Or do you simply think you should because some external voice told you so? I also want you to ask yourself, do I want the result that comes from doing this more or this less? Or do I just not want the label that comes with it, right? So like with social media, and, and I, I, I've been down this road, so come with me. I often thought, well, if I scroll less, it makes me a better mom. Can anyone relate to that? Like if I'm willing, if I can put down my phone, it makes me a better mom or a more present partner or a better employee, right? So the only way that I can get those labels of good mom, good partner, good employee is if I put down my phone. But if I don't put down my phone, well, then I'm a bad mom, a bad partner, and a bad employee. So do you want the result that comes from doing what you think you should be doing? Or do you just want to free yourself of the label? Because my friends, you can free yourself of that label now. Putting down the phone does not make me a better mom. But if I believe that, if I choose to believe I need to do X to get that label, well, then I'm always going to be a bad mom unless I put down my phone. So remember, the label that you want is always available to you from your thinking, not from your action. Okay, I, 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 I diverge. Now, I also want to just say here, I'm not telling you you should forego any goal of yours, of working out more if that's a goal, of scrolling less, but shooting your way to that desire is not the route to go. Because like I said, on the surface, it feels harmless. It almost feels motivational. But shooting is just a form of beating yourself up. And you better believe as a self-love, self-confidence coach, the one thing we don't do around here is beat ourselves up. Even when you're beating yourself up with a word like should. Beating yourself up with a should is like beating yourself up with a butter knife. Excuse me, a butter knife. It doesn't hurt too much, but over time, that dull pain is going to have an impact. So as you consider this should elimination, here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to pay attention to where and when you're shutting yourself with all of these, right? I want you to pinpoint where you are using these words, just this Awareness might be the total game changer of, you know, when you say, I need to, oh, oh, Leslie, the life coach, I remember that now. 
I don't need to do that. I get to. I choose to. You know, just that simple awareness is going to have massive impact. Remember, the thoughts that you think, your thoughts are the roadmap of your life. They're going to lead you in a certain direction. So we got to be so mindful of them. Listen to that voice in your head. And once you pinpoint your shoulds, your need tos, your I'm so busies, I want you to focus on how you feel when you think them. Say the should to yourself and check in with how it makes you feel. Is it true for you that it causes that should shame that it it causes me and so many of us? If not, I, I hope this is a great episode for you. But if it does, remember, you can choose different words. You can find different language. If it's not shame, maybe it's guilty. Is it motivated? Great if that works for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you on it, and I hope you call me and allow me to coach you and see how that should really makes you feel. But then I want you to start talking back to your should. As soon as you tell yourself you should fill in the blank, whatever it is, should scroll less, should read to my kids more. Ask yourself why and keep questioning those thoughts. Here's some of the questions. Why do I think I should do this? Who am I aiming to please? Is it an internal desire or again, that external pressure? Am I just trying to escape that label that I think doing this will give me? If so, remember. You choose the label, not the action. How does this align with my greater goals? Once you answer some of these questions, you might see your should in a totally different way. If the action is something you want to do, then find a way to motivate and inspire yourself, inspire you to do it, rather than shoulding yourself. With the examples that I gave before, I should exercise more. Try on, I always feel better when I exercise. If that is true for you and it's something that you want to do that aligns with your greater goals and brings you joy, then I want, I always feel better when I exercise. Feels very different than I should exercise more. I should scroll less. I always feel more connected at home when I put my phone away. That is the one that is motivating me for my New Year's resolution. Not because I think putting my phone away is going to make me a better mom. But I notice that when my phone is in the other room, I am more connected to whomever I'm with. So that that is the one that I will be going with. What works for you? Where can what can you replace your should with that has you feeling inspired and motivated and believing in you versus then should shaming you? Words matter, my friends. And when we get more mindful about them, we change the way we feel. We we become our own cheerleaders at our finish lines versus the drill sergeants with the butter knives. (laughs) We start to feel lifted up versus beaten down. And from that place, when we're thinking different thoughts and feeling different motions, we take action towards creating a life that we love. So 
Why didn't they tell us that sticks and stones break our bones, but words will never hurt us? I don't know. Because I'm telling you now, words matter. Be mindful with them as you go into this new year. And consider swapping the ones that make you feel ugh with the ones that lift you up. Thank you for today. Till next time, my friends. Love what you hear? Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com. Or email me at lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. That's lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.